community of members, coaches, and professionals working as a team of like-minded individuals in constant pursuit. Connecting this exclusive group with the tools and resources they require to live a high-performance lifestyle, conquering what life has thrown at them. We are Living the Fit Life. Welcome to the Living the Fit Life podcast, episode 45. I'm your host, Chad Mueller, and I'm here today with Coach Mark and LP's newest swim coach, Bronwyn Kemp. Got some new faces here today. How are you guys doing today? Good, Chad. How are you? Nice to meet you. First time meeting you. (laughs) And Mark is filling in for Coach Adam. Yeah, big shoes to fill here. Hopefully I can bring the same same spice Adam always brings. (laughs) Yes, big shoes, big shoes. I'm sure he'll appreciate hearing that. (laughs) Yes, Coach Adam is off taking care of some a new member of the LP family, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah, super exciting. But it's also exciting because uh, I think the news uh, about getting a swim coach to add to the LP Endurance Club, that's pretty cool. I know it's fairly fresh. Um, we wanted to have a chance today to kind of hear Bronwyn's story. Um, I know she comes with quite the resume, so hopefully you hear some cool stories about your elite athleticism and then also the journey of where you are today and what type of things that you can bring to the LP endurance club and why the LP endurance club is so gifted to have such a elite swimmer. Not to hype me up or anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I gotta do. I gotta do. Um, So yeah, so I think a, a good place to start would be just, you know, to understand where you're swimming or your athletic world started. I mean, maybe it wasn't just specifically swimming, but what was life as an elite athlete for yourself? Give us some background. I know that I'm not asking, and I'm sure you don't want to brag too much, but I see some pretty cool accomplishments here. So it'd be awesome to hear some stories about the Olympic trials or just, I know you did some Ironmans. Looks pretty stacked. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I guess I've been, an athlete my whole life. I can't remember a time when I wasn't doing something, um, which was honestly a great way to grow up. I think a lot of feel the same way. They, they like a lot of student athletes or kids who are involved in sport. It's, it's such a gift, I think, that keeps on giving even long, long into your, uh, your grown up life. But I started, I guess, competitive swimming when I was 10. Um, I always loved the water. I just, it was my favorite place to be. It still is. Um, and I swam with the region of Waterloo Swim Club for all the way from 10 until I graduated high school when I was 18. Um, there, I, I think I qualified for nationals when I was 16. Uh, and it's the most intimidating thing in my entire life. I think walking as a 16 year old on to pool deck at nationals you see olympians you see all these amazing swimmers and you're like i'm so not meant to be here but cool that i am Mm -hmm. um and then i think 2008 was the olympic year for beijing and we had olympic trials in um montreal so we got to swim in the montreal olympic pool from the 76 olympics and everyone who made the olympics for team canada was there and I was racing them, not everyone, obviously, but um, I, I came up through uh, swimming as a breaststroker, actually, breaststroke and I am, which has nothing to do with my life now, but was pretty cool back then. How, how, how do they 
define what type of swimmer you become? I've always wondered that. That's a great question. Um, I think it probably depends on what coach you ask or what the age of the swimmer is that you're asking. Um, I came up through, I think, a developmental period when they didn't really want to tell you what you were. And they didn't want anyone to specialize too soon. So we had to like qualify in the 1500 freestyle and the 400 IM for provincials before we could go. Like, it wasn't like you just, you could swim a 50 free, which is like the shortest, fastest race and be like, yeah, you're good to go, go, go swim a provincial. So even like as a 10 year old, you have to be pretty well-rounded. Okay. Um, But it just, it kind of, whatever you're good at, whatever you like, I think truth, truth be told, when you're in the pool and you like something, you work a lot harder at it. I think everyone who's been an athlete has those moments. Um, so I think, I, I don't know, I couldn't even tell you when it was decided that I was a breaststroker. It just kind of happened. Okay. That, that, that's a good enough answer for me. <laughs> so, and, and you went to the Olympic trials. So this was obviously to try to make the Olympic squad. Yeah, so there are a couple of qualifying times for the Olympics, similar to any big swim meet that exists in the world. And I'm sure other sports like CrossFit, you've got to meet a certain standard before you get to go compete or uh, you have to like triathlon, you've got to win a race before you can go to Kona, that type of thing. So there's obviously a time standard you have to meet. And then on top of that, you have to be the best in the country. So you have to be first, second, if you're really lucky. Um, but yeah, basically one, two gets to go to the Olympics in every event. And I was just, I was just there along for the ride. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't, I wasn't the best. I wasn't the worst. Um, I was in the mix though. Out of curiosity, who are some of the like heavy hitters in that like Olympic trial? Who are some of the big names that we'd maybe recognize? That's a good question. I am, um, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. So from from the region of Waterloo, Keith Beavers was, he swam for Roe. He also swam for University of Waterloo. Keith Beavers was there and qualified. He was an IMer. Um, Mike Brown is a breaststroker, and he probably, he was one of the ones who was doing really well at that time. Um, um, Brent Hayden, I think, was also there. Recognize that. Yeah, he's he's still kicking. He's the man that just won't stop swimming, and it's so great for him. He's a monster. So, um, yeah, he was kicking around. Like, I can't remember. There are probably a couple other ones, and I'm going to feel horrible that I didn't remember them, but it was, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. So, like, you were obviously deep into swimming at this point. This was not just a, a hobby. Was how, like do you remember how much you were swimming like how much of your time was dedicated to like this like this would have been how old were you in like around this time i was 17 17 okay so your life was on swimming pretty much um i mean high school for me was not the most challenging experience not to say i didn't like it and i still like i love to learn but i think probably most of my focus was around swimming at that time i'd get up in the morning 5:30 swim practice, 5 till 7:30 a.m. school, and then two, and then 2:30 school ended. I was in the pool again by three till five, and then that was basically every day. Um, Tuesday, Thursday mornings, I'd be in the gym before practice as well, and then 
Saturday, Sunday was usually a swim meet. It took up a lot of time. I don't even probably like 20 hours of swimming a week, I would say. And most swim practices are like five to six K a day. So you're looking at, I don't know, 50 to 60 kilometers of swimming a week. And was so it sounds like you were a specialist, like in this, we've had this conversation a few times on the podcast about kids growing up and being specialized in one sport. So Tiger yeah. Woods um, is a good example versus a generalist who does multiple different sports. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, late, maybe when they're teenagers, they then start specializing. Sounds mm-hmm. like you were a specialist right from the start, like swimming was everything and everything. Or did you do other sports too? I did some other sports. I would say like it always gets to a point when you're doing a lot of sports, you have to choose. Like mm-hmm. there's only so much time in your life. Um, I played a lot of soccer as a kid. My dad would coach us and I got to probably middle school. And then it was like either you can be a good soccer player or you can be a good swimmer. So it, I chose swimming, I guess. And I always did like I've been a pretty athletic person. Like my family's pretty active. So like family bike rides on Saturdays and things like that. So stuff like that. But I'd also, I played volleyball in university, not university, in high school. Okay. And just like social sports like that, that were more, like you, you're still active, but it's not like slogging up and down the pool every day. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then after high school, you went to university and you continued swimming. I did. I did was a tough decision I think um for me it was kind of do you want to go to school to go to school and prepare yourself for the rest of your life or do you want to go to school to do your sport and be the best at your sport um not to say the University of Waterloo isn't a great athletic school I mean it's probably not the best in the country but it definitely is the best engineering school in Ontario so that's where I went I went to school for engineering at University of Waterloo and uh, it just happened to be on the swim team as well. I was a student probably first. Um, you, I just, you can't, I couldn't stop swimming and I loved it so much. And the coach at the University of Waterloo when I was there, Jeff Slater was amazing. Um, he, yeah, he's had a huge impact on my life. And I think that was part of the reason he was super supportive in making that transition from like as high school, you were Bronwyn the swimmer to now you're in university and you have to, get your life together and learn properly and co-ops and all this other competing priorities. So, but yeah, swam through university, loved every minute, minute of it. How did, how did you like, I know there's some listeners that um, are probably are going through the same, like their kids are going through the same thing. Like, how did you manage all that? Like one managing the transition from just swimming in high school being somewhat, you know, school was either easy for you or just, you know, swim is just so much more involved in your life and then you go to university and now you have to sort of find a different kind of balance like was that a struggle for you to manage that yeah yeah I think it would be a complete lie to say it was like smooth sailing um my first year of university was a shock and I think the best piece of advice I can give anyone is like just hang on it's worth it in the end and you'll figure it out I think um I'm kind of the person where it's like, I'm going to knuckle in and I'm knuckle under and get it done. Um, first year university was uh, tough. You're, you're there. The school is hard. You can't just magically understand everything that they're teaching you. Um, 
you're all these people or you're away from home for the first time. I was lucky because at least I was living at home, but everyone around you is like, oh, let's go out. Let's have some drinks. Let's have some fun. And I'm like, but I have swim practice in the morning. And then I have all these projects. And like, you just, you, you're completely overwhelmed. I think the biggest thing is just accept it and take the experience for what it is. And I will definitely say I was not as good of a swimmer in university as I was in high school. And that's just because you can't be. And like, that's okay. That wasn't who I wanted to be anymore. And that's, that's all right. You just, everyone evolves as a person and you have to kind of accept it and go with the flow. That's that's good good advice. I I mean, I think, you would say you're not, you weren't the best, you were at your best swimming in university because you chose not to be, I guess, right? Like if you could have went down the other path of saying, okay, yeah. I want to continue. And I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of weekend warriors that choose to think they're going to be great hockey players still and the dream's still alive when they're in university, they're going to keep going. But it's like, it's just beer league at that point. <laughs> and you know what? Like that's, that's okay. And I'm not saying it's easy to just flip that switch and be like, I'm going to let go of this huge dream that I've had for my whole life. Right. Um, but like no person at 60 goes, looks back on their life and is like, wow, I wish I was swam more. Like, wow. I wish I like played more hockey. Like I wish I lifted more weights, all this stuff. No one does that. You just, I had this great experience in school and I met all these cool people and that's what you want to look at. So but if it makes you happy, if that dream is the biggest dream, that could have been a choice too. If I was, when I was 18, if I wanted to be an Olympian, like maybe go to U of T, maybe go to UBC and like that becomes the priority. And then I don't know if I'd be here necessarily, but maybe I'd be an Olympian or maybe I'd be third at Olympic trials in 2012 and cry myself to sleep. Like who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. So like what, give us an idea. Cause I'm, I'm swimming. I don't know much about in like high school and university, like how much are you swimming? Like, is this like how many like kilometers a day? Like how many laps a day? Like, is this like, I'll break it down for you. All right. Um, a Olympic size swimming pool is 50 meters long. Okay. Right. They, the pool at Laurier, which is where I used to swim 50 meters long. Um, so let's say for, math's sake 5,000 meters uh a, a practice we're at two practices a day so let's just say it's 10k a day five days a week we'll round down to make the math easier for me okay that's like 50k a week and you're looking at like i don't know 50k like with like 5,000 lengths 10,000 lengths. I don't know. Maybe I should get a calculator, but it's a lot of lengths. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. So like, I'm trying to, trying to see, cause like, cause we're going to talk about triathlons soon and, and such. So Mark, what kind of kilometers are you guys doing? Let's say bike, uh, no biking is probably way too much like running. Yeah. Like week. even personally, like right now we're at like 40 K a week of running. So like That's... you move a lot slower in a pool. So you can imagine the amount of hours that like converts to in a pool. So yeah, that is a lot of kilometers in a pool and a lot of staring at a black line. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I stuck to the outdoors uh, or hockey or soccer outdoors or cross country. Man, that's too much black line for me. <laughs> you like to look at the birds at the same time too, in the trees. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is crazy. Okay. That gives a bit more perspective for sure. I mean, obviously you were just 
focus purely on swimming. Yeah. Um, but still, that's that's a lot. That was that was the thing, though. So think about how much time you spend like at your job now as an adult. Yeah. Same. Did, that's what it was. Did your hands get pruny, or did you just adapt to it because you're in the water all the time? You start to grow like webbed fingers and toes. No, I'm just they <laughs> they didn't. I don't remember particularly being pruny. I don't know. Maybe it's the chlorine keeps that from happening, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Amazing. Um, okay. So then, uh, obviously, so then would you say, when did your swimming career end? I guess your competitive swimming career end. Still going. Don't, okay, cool. Don't awesome. Tell me it's over. Don't Keep tell the dream me. alive. Let's go. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, so I swam through, I was in university for five years. So I did a five-year engineering program with co-op at the University of Waterloo. I swam all the way through. Um, I don't know if everyone knows this, but like university athletes, you got five years of eligibility to compete in a CIs or whatever sport. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's not CIs anymore. It's something else, but it was CIs when I was there. So you got five years of eligibility. I used up all of mine. And then uh, I guess my last official swim race, it was purely a swimming race, was uh, February of 2014. And I will definitely tell you I got out of the pool. I did not do a warm down. I did nothing. I just sat kind of at the edge of the pool and shed a couple tears uh, and kind of said goodbye to my my like real like swimming focus. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably more so what it was. But yeah, 2014 was probably the end. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I think so like what was the transition after that like like obviously life moves on you know you're done school you get a job all that sort of stuff like yeah did you like and now you're a swimming coach like what obviously there's a story in the middle so like there um I was I was very lucky like I said my swim coach Jeff was a great guy and I stuck around in town so I actually helped him coach the university team for a couple of years after I left uh, it eased the transition a little bit. It's I didn't have to go cold turkey, um, but it's tough. You kind of like I think probably everyone feels this way at one time in their life or multiple times in their life where you're sitting there and you're like, who am I? What do I want to be when I grow up? Right. And that's kind of where I was when I graduated university. I didn't have swimming as much anymore. I still was in the pool a couple times a week, but it's not the same when you're not really like working towards something and you kind of, you're like floating around. Who do I want to be? What do I want to do? What do I want to, what do I want to do with all this free time that I have all of a sudden, right? And one of my best friends was already into triathlon. He got involved with the University of Waterloo swim team because he wanted to get better at swimming. And uh, he's like, why don't you try triathlon? And one of my friends from high school, she was like, yeah, I'll do this with you. Let's sign up for the Guelph Lake Triathlon. We did the full Olympic right off the hop. Um, and I I liked it, I guess. I don't know. I um, never really loved running, but I tolerated it. And I love riding my bike. I love being outside. I just didn't realize it's so freeing. Um, and I've been kind of riding a bike 
I guess, semi-socially since I was little, like with my family and stuff like that. So it kind of all worked. I did the first race and I was like, this is pretty cool. And then I spent the summer training and I was like, kind of like this. And then um, my the same friend who got me into it to start and my friend from high school, they're like, you want to do a half Ironman? Okay, cool. Signed up for Muskoka and the race used to be in September. So I did the race in September and the rest I feel like is kind of history now, but it is, it was a tough transition. You don't really know what to do or where you want to go. And I just got lucky. I think someone in my circle told me to try something and it worked out. So, so curious question when you were at that, like first triathlon, were you shocked when you were probably like the first person out of the water and you're like, holy, this is going to be like the best thing ever. <laughs> it was it was kind of a depressing day. Like you come out of the water and I'm like, oh my God. And you hear the announcers like, oh, the first woman's out of the water. And you're like running up to your bike and you're like, great. It was my first one. So I'm like getting dressed. I'm like putting on like shorts. Like I don't know any of the stuff yet. Right. And then the rest of the day, I just spent with people flying past me. <laughs> <laughs> would would you that's a good question actually i'm glad you asked that uh, would you say like was it like would you say you're it sounds like you're a competitive person can i make that assumption i think that's fair okay i think anyone who i think anyone who knows me would be like that's an understatement she's a very competitive person okay all right good to know <laughs> so like would you say the transition from, you know, being a, your identity, being a swimmer, it's an, you're an elite athlete and then you sort of close that door, but then the, your competitiveness just when someone asks you to do a triathlon you're like, yeah, like, am I racing somebody? Yes. Sign me up. Yeah. You know what? That's a really good point. I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way. Cause I don't think I like to admit to myself how much <laughs> I like to race, but yeah. Yeah. It, the energy needed to go somewhere. So it just, it found a place. And I think I, I, I like racing. I like being the first person out of the water. I like trying not to let 80 people pass me while I'm running. Like it's fun. So, yeah. It's, it's cool. Cause Brahman and I come from like very different backgrounds. I have very much like a running background and she has the swimming background. So we're both doing, that's why triathlon is so cool is we're doing like the exact same sport, but we have these, these like totally different experiences in it. I'm like, I'm trying to like hunt all day and she's doing this like defend. And it's like cool that you can end up in like the exact same spot in a race and have this like totally different journey throughout the day of like how it all pans out. So it's always interesting to hear like the swimmers stories versus the people coming from the runners. And it's like, do they, are they actually afraid of us or like, <laughs> and it's funny cause you've talked to both sides and she would be like, Oh man, like I know the runners are hunting and we're like, the runners are like, oh, I don't think we'll ever catch them. They're like so far out of sight. So it's like, it's crazy to to hear the different stories and different viewpoints from different areas. Of the, the, the I was going to, I was going to ask you, like, is that a thing? Like, it's like people, like I'm assuming because it is a big sport, there are people that are specialized in running, biking and swimming. And is it like, is it like that where like the swimmers are all hanging out over here and they're just like, it's a cakewalk at the start. And then it's like the runners are like, don't worry, we got you. Like, we'll see you near the end like is it really kind of like that i would say everybody it's so it's such a wide range like you got these people who are like so even across all three and then there's some that are such good swimmers such good runners like it's 
So yeah. who makes the best, who makes the best triathlete then? Is it someone that's specialized with a great swimming background or would you say someone that has to have like a full balance? Yeah. If you look at the pro level, it's become a spot that like you have to have all three, like you, sure. cause like you need to almost be in that upper swim pack. Cause like the draft there, well, it's non-drafting, like there is still like racing and drafting dynamics. And then like, if you're way behind after the bike, like all these guys are such good runners now. So when you look at the, the pro ranks, like people need to be like that full right. triple threat where you see like a guy like Lionel Sanders doing these crazy, like, swim dedications because he needs to he realizes he needs to be closer to it but when you get in the age group ranks like you can have these like pure amazing runners like they need to have they can't put themselves out of it in the swim right. or bike but they have to put themselves in like a serviceable enough spot so like if you're going for a kona slot for example you need to be that like full triple threat to get there you're not just being this incredible runner and being weak at the other two and still succeeding so yeah cool. that's cool I wanted to ask you, I kind of forgot this question, Broadwin, but in addition to your swimming, what was like training like? Like obviously you were in the gym doing yeah. stuff. What type of training does a swimmer focus on? Is it just foundational stuff or is it kind of specialized as well? I think like like most things, it, it everything has a bit of a season. So if you look at our season as like or swimmers season, you look at September is kind of your foundation. You're remembering how to swim your skills, your drills, things like that. Also, a lot of cross training I find happens in the fall. We used to have to like run laps around Ring Road when I was at university. Like it was, I hated it. I hate, I will fully admit right now, I hated it. Um, We were in the gym pretty frequently. Um, I think when I was in uh, high school, the year after Olympic trials, so 2009, we did some rock climbing. I couldn't tell you why that supports swimming. Maybe there's like a core strength coordination thing in there, but we did rock climbing anyways. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it's swimming. A lot of it's to get, be a better swimmer, you got to swim. Okay. So you're not like, you're not in the gym doing accessory movements, like doing lat pull downs or doing squats or bench or deadlifts. Like, would you do stuff like that too? Yeah, most of that happens like early in the season. So September through probably now, I think my guess is there's a lot more swimmers now doing more strength training. I think a lot of people are realizing that like when I was coming up like 20 years ago now, like it wasn't such a huge thing. I think now people are really understanding the value of that strength training and having that mobility. And like, like you said, the squats, the lat pull downs, all that stuff, like definitely more in the mix now than it used to be you're gonna fit into the lp community no problem <laughs> great answer <laughs> coach adam and michelle are just like yes we didn't, we didn't tee that one up for you don't worry um, <laughs> so then as you transition like did i asked that training the training question because i was gonna ask you what your training is like now so like swimming isn't like you being an athlete is not your number one priority are you still uh, just training regularly in a gym in addition to, I'm sure you swim sometimes, but what's your training mentality now? Like, are you just training to be healthy and what's that look like? Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely training to stay healthy. I, for me, it's kind of a bit of a stress relief too. Like my job's super busy and I like to take that hour, hour and a half a day for myself to kind of process whatever happened during the day. Um, 
I think Coach Marks got me running three times a week, biking three times a week. Um, and there's some strength work in there too, a couple of days of strength, um, just to kind of keep, keep everything together. Um, but yeah, I think right now, I mean, I would love to get better as a triathlete. I would love my run to get better. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's always room for improvement. And I think that's part of what I like about training, like chasing that, like, how can I be better today? Um, vibe. And I think that's just where I am right now. So you would say your second career athletic is sort of your triathlete now, like you're fully, that's part of your identity now. Yeah. I think that that's fair to say. So when was, when was the last time you did a triathlon or an Ironman? Like how long ago was that? So don't, don't remind me. I oh, had sorry. a tough year last year. Jeff. Sorry. 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 Um, <laughs> okay. No, it's okay. It's been 2019. Oh, that's okay. I mean, that's not that 2019. Long. Yeah. I did my last, yeah, pre COVID. Okay. I was signed up for a couple this past summer that, uh, they're like, yeah, it's going to happen. Nope. Just kidding. Yeah. It's going to happen. Nope. Just kidding. So I've been on a bit of a roller coaster, but I'm teed up for a few this year. Cool. Cool. And like, we, um, what are some of the areas? So you being a specialized swimmer, mm-hmm. swimming probably doesn't have to be one of the areas of focus that you sort of have to do. So like you said, you're running and you're biking now. Like, are you like all in running and biking for the next little bit? I'm assuming you have some goals coming up in the next year to do some triathlons, even though you haven't done it in a while. But like, are you full out running and biking and swimming just has to take a backseat? I think that's... That's a tough balance for me because swimming is definitely my favorite thing. So I'm still, I still like am in the water probably twice a week. Um, But the goal is just don't get slower now. I'm happy like this is, I'm sitting in a good spot right now. I'll stick. I'm okay with just staying relatively flat on the swimming. Um, Yeah. Making those gains for running and biking will make the biggest difference for me when I get to compete. So Mark, like in the, in the grand scheme of things, when you're doing endurance coaching, like what is the the ratio? Like I know swimming is only a certain percentage of the race, but like how much training do you, would you usually like, ad, like how do you ration that out? I guess. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is it's very like athlete specific is some people need a lot more swimming and maybe can't, or people can't handle maybe as much running. So um, especially for like one-on-one coached athletes like Brahman, it's like mapping our year out. So um, for example, like the other week, Brahman and I were meeting and we're mapping it out in like three phases this year. We know her run is an area that um, she can definitely make some gains in, and that's going to be her like deciding factor, whether she holds position in triathlon. So we have like, we we're using this spring run season as really a time to double down and really focus in on that running. So well, I st- well, she'll still be swimming a couple times a week. It's looking at those other workouts that they're not detracting from our focus in that section. And then she kind of has like a half Ironman that we'll build in into off of that. And then uh, she has Ironman Canada later in the summer. So um, breaking it into those phases. So it's really like somebody like her, I don't need to be like, okay, we need to do these like swim focused weeks where it's somebody who's like a newer swimmer might benefit from these like blocks where we do like okay, for these next like four weeks, we want to do like three to four swims a week of like these very focused drill sections or workouts. 
and they'll get like a huge spike and uh, and make some huge gains off that. Like Bronwyn's not going to get that. So we know like if we put some more focus, keep her at that same swim spot, double down on the strength, the bike and the, the run, that that's going to make the biggest difference for her. So that's where, yeah, very athlete specific, but you also got to, yeah, it's all load management. Like we can't just throw a hundred K of running at her a week coming from a swimming background. Like we need to ease that up as well and like use the swimming and biking to help support that. So yeah, that's a, an answer I get a lot of times to people is like, okay, how much do I need to do? It's like, well, I have about 40 follow-up questions for you here to actually <laughs> give you like the right answer for that. And you're going to need to modify it 20 times along the way if you actually want to get there in, in your peak uh, physical condition for it and not injured. So it's a, a very open-ended question. I mean, I, I imagine that has to be one of the challenges of your of your role as a coach in endurance, because I imagine some folks that might not be a specialist you know, they come at you and say, okay, I want to be, I want to be better all three, like throw me into the deep end, give it up to me all three, right? Like I imagine there's a lot of people that just want to do that. Like, how do you talk them off the ledge, I guess, quote unquote, uh, to give them more of a, I guess your, your structure's in place. So they just have to follow it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like it's really mapping out what they're, what they're in it for and what their goals are and like helping them pave a roadmap that actually gets them excited about it. Um, a lot of people come to, the, come to me with these, like, huge goals that are like very short term and like right right there and maybe aren't quite possible maybe they are but you got to like kind of manage expectations as well but also like keep them motivated on that path so it's a it's definitely a challenge but that's part of the thing I love about coaching is everybody's like a different age coming from a different sport history with a different strength so you like get to put together like all these totally different roadmaps for people and focus in on different areas and it I think that's the one of the funnest like puzzle pieces of coaching. I'm sure Bronwyn can speak to that as like a, a swim coach as well. She's done it in the past and we'll do it some more now and is working with like some of our LP athletes already. So she could speak to how like every athlete needs a little something different. And a cool example is like we swim Thursdays together and we'll we'll finish one of the sets and this is like a swim specific one, but she's like, okay, now um, there's like four of us there and she's like, okay, you're going to focus on this drill. You're going to focus on this drill. You're going to focus on this drill. And we're all doing totally different drills at the same time. Cause we all have a, a different weak spot. So that's a good example of like a very swim specific one, but how coaching in general works. Very cool. So you, so you're now actively, I guess, congratulations on officially becoming the LP endurance swim coach. Once this podcast you. is out, you've you've passed the pass the test. <laughs> this is the final walkthrough. Um, <laughs> so you did coach in the past. You were coaching universities, university students at a pretty competitive level, and now you're going to be coaching competitive uh, corporate athletes. I think is the word we've been calling them <laughs> on the podcast. I love lately. that. Yeah, I love I think, that. I think Jana from uh, she's uh, the founder of Yoga. She t- she calls. Uh, what we what we started calling was weekend warriors, but she's like corporate athletes, and I, it's 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 fair. I think it's funny. So we've been using corporate athletes. So you were coaching elite university athletes, and now you're going to be coaching corporate athletes that might want it just as much, if not more, most likely more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess what are the types of things that I know that you're just starting out, but like. What are the types of things that you're doing now as you sort of start looking at this new community? Like, how are you jumping in? Like, are you just like getting everyone started? Like, are you just kind of learning? Like Mark was saying, just trying to put the puzzle piece together to kind of come up with a plan. 
How do you approach that's a, it? That's a big question. It's it's on the hot um, seat. Yeah, I mean it's it's daunting. I feel like coming in. I mean, I know a lot of the LP endurance athletes already. Like uh, most of them, I've met at least maybe half of them. I met. I don't know, Mark. You probably know better, but I feel like I've met at least most of them in some contexts. I know them. You learn a lot about someone when you're biking and running with them a lot. So you, you, I kind of have a bit of sense of what people need and and where they need some support. I think the biggest thing to start is getting those skills. I think everyone, every sport, swimming included, biking, running, lifting, anything, there's a skill component. And for swimming, it's once you get the skills, everything else is easy. So especially when I look at these LP endurance athletes that are really kind of the focus for right now, um, they have the like the strength for the most part, they have the aerobic capacity, like they can run and they can bike. Like there's no problems there. It's just about getting like, how do you get them comfortable in the water? And I think that was for me, one of the most important things to start with as a foundation is how do I make all of these people love being in the water as much as I like being in the water. So getting people comfortable with how they hold their body in the water, getting them comfortable with their catch, their kick, all these breaking the strokes down to these little bite-sized pieces so that everyone can use them as building blocks. And then all of a sudden at the end of three months or three weeks, depending on, on how lucky you get, I guess, or how committed you are, you feel better in the water. And I think that's really where I wanted to start is the skills and then helping people be set up for success. When you look at swimming from a triathlon perspective, I think it's different than swimming from a swimming perspective and making that switch in my head is a bit of a challenge, but you're not swimming in a triathlon to win the swim, right? There are so few people that win the swim and then because they won the swim, they win the whole, the whole game, right? So like to Mark's point from earlier, like not having people be out of it because of their swim and not having people be afraid to be in the water and like, don't get me wrong. Open water swimming is also not my favorite. I like my little black line, (laughs) but um, getting people comfortable being out in the open water and, and not being stressed about it so that you can come out of the water and be like, yeah, now I'm ready to bike or like, yeah, now I'm ready to like finish this thing is really the goal for the triathletes and for anyone who wants to learn how to swim better, like just getting comfortable in the water. And then the speed comes with the strength and the endurance and all that stuff, but the skills are first. What's like one thing, what's one common thing that every person that you talk to has to like more specific, like, is it like, like what is one thing that you're telling everybody to do? Is there just one thing? There's gotta be one thing. There's, I don't know if there's one thing. And I think every coach is going to say something different. Um, Maybe the best thing is just like when you're swimming, swim, like be in the moment and in the water. Don't like some people are like so obsessed, especially as you get older and more intellectual. You're like, oh, I got to put my hand right here. I have to like kick my foot just this specific way. Like get out of that swim. Your body floats. That's another thing that I always say. You're, you Human bodies don't sink to the bottom of the pool. Don't try so hard to stay on the top of the pool, you know? So things like that. And one never thing that Because <laughs> you, you, you just assume like you have to keep moving to stay alive more or less. Like if you don't move, 
<laughs> they'll just float there. It's all right. And one thing, one of my favorite things that I think is like just absolutely silly to me that I doesn't, I've been swimming since I could walk. So it doesn't make any sense to me, but like exhale into the water. When your face is in the water, exhale. And then when your face is out of the water, inhale. Right. Some people try like squeezing a breath and in and an out breath when they stick uh, their head out. You're just wasting time if you're doing that. So it is kind of weird to exhale in this pool or in the water. I think that's for maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, when you teach kids to swim, you like you teach them how to do bobs and like blow mm-hmm. bubbles in the water. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird to ask adults to do that, but you still have to think <laughs> about it. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, I think, I think like, I'm like most people before, like understanding more about endurance was, you know, like swimming, like when I've, I've watched people swim and just like, yeah, I, I swim, I can swim. Like I've swim to a buoy back, like, you yeah. know, I could do it. But then it's like, when you learn more about a sport, just like anything, even like something like rowing, there's so much technique in rowing, but it's just like, when you watch them, it's like, yeah, I can jump on a rower and I can row, I can bike. <laughs> and then it's like, it's so crazy how you can like take off the layers and there's so much technique and so much inefficiencies that people do and like someone like you like you probably just do it without even thinking like you're probably super efficient and i could watch you and i probably i don't know if i would be able to tell the difference between you swimming beside someone like mark like i don't know if i'd be able to tell the difference just with a naked eye kind of thing but that's always so interesting when you have these specialized sports and techniques because it's a whole new world yeah yeah it is and it's not like I don't think it's some people are like, oh, I just want to swim my 5k and then be done with it. Right. Like, it's not about that. It's about like, you don't. if you're training for a marathon, you don't go out and run a marathon every day. Right. right. So like break it down, learn what you're doing and you'll be better for it. Well, I mean, we just had Daryl on the, on the call. And when he was younger, he rode a bike across Canada and he didn't seem to think twice about that. <laughs> I'm just like, man, if you like now we talk to people that have structure and planning and programming and training. It's just like, it's crazy sometimes that people just jump into things, but you're right. Like if you want to be successful, I guess if you want to do things for a long time, you need to, you know, yeah. properly do it. It was on is a bet that, though. So. Is that the equivalent of like Bronwyn swimming across the ocean, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. What ocean? Have you done that? Have you done that? No. Right, no. Yeah. Oh, I'll put it in training peaks for you and you'll have to do it. <laughs> Next Saturday, swim across the Atlantic. Oh, man. Or yeah, I like feel like Lake Ontario or something. Yeah, I feel like this swim, this swim piece is the whole reason we like brought Brahman on is like swimming. First of all, like it wasn't my background to begin with. And I've learned like tons over the years, but like mm-hmm. no other sport in triathlon is so like form based and like unlike biking and running where like you're just your effort like yield speed mm-hmm, for you like mm-hmm. there's this tangible thing it's like i'm working harder on the run i'm moving faster like swimming doesn't actually work that way like you could actually be like using less effort and more efficient and going faster than if you're like trashing through the water like in if you think about it like adam can do the most pull-ups of anybody in the endurance club but that doesn't mean because he has the strongest lats he can just tear through the water <laughs> i think yeah, that's a good do- point yeah i can do zero pull-ups for the record at this current moment, but I'm a pretty decent swimmer. So I threw the water. It's crazy how form based it is. And like, 
it's really only 10% of a like Iron Man, for example, but like people are like, my race does not start until I like get out of the water. And then like the whole rest of the day is easy. And oh man, I think that's one of our biggest goals is to like break through that. People shouldn't have to be scared of something that's a 10th of their race. Sure. You're not on solid land, but. And do, do you think that the, the fear is from knowing that it's, it's not about effort. It's actually about like how well you perform, like the execution of and how like well you are like, cause like most people, can just put the effort into it and they know what they put into it. They get out. Like, why are people, why do people fear the swim so much? And why is it such a big deal? I, I don't know. Um, well, you I, wouldn't, I, I don't think, think you would know. <laughs> I think, you know what? I, I think there's a number of things. I think the open water is just generally scary and sure. it's okay to be afraid of that. It's, and also something that, that I heard through my experience with triathletes, like, when you're running, you can walk. When you're biking and it gets hard, you can take a little break. Mm. When you're swimming and you're out there and you get tired, what do you do? Like a lot of people, like I said earlier, your body does just float, especially in a wetsuit, but it's scary. You can't have your feet on solid ground and you don't know what you're supposed to do or where you're supposed to go. And I think that uncertainty is probably the root of some fears for some people. I also think because the swim's really the only part you actually have contact with people in a triathlon, like the most of our races we're doing are non-drafting. So on the bike and run, you're like not a near anyone. So suddenly you're not on solid ground. You're running into people. You have nowhere to stop. Um, and then you can't see anything in front of you. The water's pitch black in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> it adds up to a lot of scary things. But like to the contrary of that, people got to realize like there's literally a, in a triathlon there's a paddle border every like 100 meters in the water or a buoy that you can like stop at and like calm yourself down for a minute you can like Brahman said flip flip on your back you're wearing a wetsuit in 95 percent of races and just lie there at the side for a second and like get out of the way there's there's lots of options for people but yeah the fact that it's 10 percent of the race and they're like afraid of finishing that part when really in an Ironman it's almost like your warm-up for the day that's a that's a piece that needs to change more. Those are the tactics that we're like, we want to get people comfortable in the water and, and not yeah. scared of it. So that's a, a big goal of ours and that we've mapped out for people of not only just get through the swim, but you can actually enjoy it and like Yeah. yeah. Those are good points. I mean, I imagine it's a lot of those things. And even like just the idea like of this is the start of my race and I'm gonna spend the next, you know, ten hours or so for Ironmans or whatever doing something. Right. Like we talked about this in the pod before too, like that, that start, like the anticipation of that start versus like when I talked to Adam about anticipation of starting like a five minute workout with a, with a CrossFit competition, but like mm -hmm. maybe that's also part of it. Cause it's just the anxiety and the anxiousness and the excitement of like, once you're in the water, I'm now committed to the next half a day or so of activity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That totally could be. And I think like to Mark's point, people are just, there's so much uncertainty and like you're yeah. just kind of afraid and that's we'll, we'll work on it that's what i'll say to everyone we'll work on it how did you transition so you were uh, uh you swam in a pool you had your own lane and then you went to a triathlon and you just mass start with you know 50 oh, sorry way more than 50 probably people like how was that transition for you i'm lucky i think um I'm comfortable in the water. You're so I far ahead, probably. You were swimming by yourself. No, like you're you're <laughs> still in the mix. Like I'm, people aren't swimming over me. I will definitely say that, and I can't say that for everyone. But I think I my 
families had a cottage, you play in the water with your friends and with, I got a younger brother, like you just get comfortable in the water. So it wasn't a huge transition for me. I still don't like it when beads touch my feet and I still don't like it when I see fish, but you kind of get over it. Okay. That's that's okay. That's okay. I I can imagine like it would be a little bit strange for folks that like spent all their time in a pool with your own lane and you're all with, of a sudden yeah, yeah all of a sudden it's like, just like get the hell out of my way. Like Yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's a strategy too. Like if you don't like it, either work your ass off to get further ahead, which might not be the right strategy or not, but I guess there's ways around it. I'm no pro. But. Yeah. Or like so my my dad and my aunt, when they were little, they also swam. And my aunt started doing triathlons too when she was probably around my age, maybe a little bit older. But she didn't like swimming in a pack, so she would just swim wide around every single buoy. And like, you're not in the mix of anything there. Like, why not? Your whole family are swimmers. Holy smokes. Yeah. my Pretty competitive my, with the family too? Yeah, my family's very competitive with everything. I'll just I'll admit like it. You and your brother throwing down in the in the pools. Yeah, he's the lakes. he's six one and definitely okay. a better swimmer than me for sure. It was a sad day when he passed me though. Hmm. You know, like I'm older, so I was always a little bit faster. And then that moment where he started feeding me and stuff, I was like, This sucks, man. <laughs> I have no chance. I just have no chance. Is that why you went back to UW to coach him and inflict pain back on him again? Yeah, that was payback. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Is uh, that kind of springs another question? Is there like a uh, a punishment workout in the pool? Like when your coach is mad at you, like you know you're doing like suicides. Like, is there such thing in in swimming? Like they just make you like swim so much you puke? Is that such a thing? That's a good question. I don't know if I would say that there's any like punishment workouts right like we would do new year's day we would do a hundred hundreds which is pretty crappy um i can't i don't know that we ever did there's there's always like you know there's like the beer mile and running where you like try a beer and then like so in swimming we do like i've never done it i will fully admit i have only witnessed but like you you sprint a 50 from a dive and then chug a Gatorade and then sprint a 50 and then chug a Gatorade. Like all this stupid stuff, like you're going to vomit at the end of this anyway. So <laughs> there's no, but I don't remember my coaches ever being like, you guys are garbage today. This is what you're going to do. Like, I don't remember any of that. Okay. It might've happened, but I just blocked it out. I was really hoping you're going to say something to scare the LP endurance crew, but that's okay. That's okay. Still good. No, I have to get them excited about right. swimming. That's, That's right, right. They already right. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, what types of like, what types of things like? So the so what's where are we at with the season right now for swimming? Like in, in endurance, like are you guys are just in the preparation and then during the the on season right in the summertime? Like that's are you swimming? as much as you lead up to to like races to get people not fearing i can tell you what the dream is and then i can tell you what's really happening where it's all the pools are closed right now right right, in ontario so no one's swimming unless you are really lucky and have an indoor pool in your basement um 
but really right now, like to line up with Mark's whole strategy, um, we're just building everyone's base right now. We're developing the skills, we're reinforcing good habits. That's really the point of the next couple of months. Um, and just building up how much people can swim, right? Like there are some people who probably aren't comfortable swimming continuously for 10 minutes, but that's okay. We're gonna work towards making that easy so that when we do get into like dry season, like April, May, June, um, you'll have a little bit more comfort in the water and you'll be able to start building in the speed. So right now, skills, aerobic capacity, comfort in the water, will build into some speed as we move through April, May into the race season and um, some open water skills as well as we get into that. Obviously right now, no one's swimming. I'm probably more upset than any other triathlete about it, but um, yeah, we'll we'll get there. It's not, it's not like we're not doing anything. We're still getting in good shape. Mark's got us going hard on the bike and the run. So we'll still have that. It's just about, we'll have to speed up the ability to get that feel of the water when we do get back into the pools. Awesome. Well, Brahman, thank you so much for uh, well joining the LP Endurance Crew and joining with up on Mark, it sounds like we're building quite the dream team of endurance folks. It's crazy, Mark. Like we were on the podcast, I don't know, maybe like year, probably just over a year ago. And we talked about the LP endurance and the introduction of the LP endurance club. And now it's like, you guys had such a successful year and now you're adding another coach. You're going at it full time. It sounds like this thing's like, just get ready to blow off this year. Yeah. Give us some more races this year. And I think we're going to do some pretty special things or we're, we're right on the cusp of it, but COVID just needs to chill and let us get some races under our belt. It was fun. We did our like kind of yearly like recap summary of like a club and we're like put out these awesome stats. And then we're like, wait a second. We only had like one, two races this year. What are these going to look like in a full calendar year? So we're still holding on hope that uh, a bunch of races are going to happen. So, And you guys continue adding more people to the crew? Yeah, we've uh, we've seen like a, a good uptick here in January. A bunch of people like getting excited, uh, both like locally and kind of around Ontario. We have a couple of people like in BC and the states and stuff. So um, I think people are really resonating with having that like structure and community from wherever they are mm-hmm. uh, to get them pumped up for the races. So yeah, we've we've had a lot of people interested in the club and it's grown really quickly. So it's gonna be fun. That's awesome. And Bronwyn, it sounds like 2019 was the last time you had a race. But this year, coming back, you're racing. What what are your big what are your big goals this year? If you don't mind sharing. Um, I that I hate that you asked me that question. Oh, sorry. To be honest with you, no, it's okay. I just don't like. I'm like I'm terrible at goal setting because I I'm an overachiever and I don't want to not make the goals that I set for myself. So, <laughs> um, I want to do a PB in every race that I do. Basically. Damn. So a goal I setter, do, but setting a pretty high bar yeah so it's been a while i want to do like i'm doing a half marathon i want to do a pb there i want to do a pb on my half iron man and my full and i think it's doable it's been a long time since i've raced so we'll see we'll see okay awesome well excited to see you throw down yeah excited to do it i'm super super excited to be here and helping everyone else start to love the water that's right love the water <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining. Nice to meet you. It sounds super exciting what you guys are doing, the LP Endurance stuff. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.